can have uh, true and ultimate spiritual freedom uh, in Christ. And so may we be thankful for that. Uh, may we understand the importance of, of such days like that. And um, then as well, I want to remind you that tonight um, we still have our Answers to Kids Club happening t- on Sunday nights at 6.30. And then for adults, there's adult Bible study that Brother Rick Jones is going through right now. And then on June 19th, which is, I think, a couple Sundays away, uh, is Father's Day. And so there will not be service that night or Kids Club that night. So everyone take the, take the night off. Um, and then we got VBS coming up quick. Uh, that's June 26th through the 30th from 6.30 to 8 o'clock each night. We've got sign up there. Come next week. We're going to have some little flyers and things for you. If you want to be able to give to, to neighbors, friends, stuff like that, you can share uh, posts on Facebook. Um, but be inviting some folks. We'd love to have a, a whole place full of, uh, full of kids and, and adults as well. There will be an adult class. And so be praying for these things and be praying for the, the workers and the helpers and uh, for God to use us during this time. So lots of things going on, but we want to um, pray and ask the Lord for us to uh, to yield ourselves to Him and to be used of Him as tools and vessels to get the gospel out to this community. And these are great opportunities uh, to do just that. So um, let's go ahead now and uh, pray this morning. Ask the Lord to meet with us as we uh, gather together to worship and sing and uh, that God would, uh, would give us what we need today as well from His Word. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we come to you this day. We're grateful for another day of life that we can gather. We can worship you, Lord. We thank you for the fellowship of the Spirit together. I pray, God, that you would give us unity together today. Uh, unity through your word, unity and focus and, and in faith, Lord. And God, I pray that you would open up every heart today that is here um, to your word. And God, that it would uh, be good soil, Lord, to see fruit today. Lord, if there's one who needs to be saved, I pray that you would uh, draw them into repentance, Lord. If there's one who who uh, needs just to be convicted of sin, to be changed, or Lord, as well, to, to be encouraged, God, that you would meet that need through the power of your word, through the power of your spirit. God, I pray that you would be glorified today as we sing. And Lord, help us to sing uh, and to worship you, Lord, truly from our hearts, Lord, as we lift up our voices, help us to, to not care or be concerned about what others might think or what others sound like or even what we sound like, Lord, but that we would sing from our hearts to you. Lord, you are uh, worthy, you are good, you are faithful. Help us to glorify you now throughout this service and throughout this day. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good morning. Blessed be the name of the Lord. If you're able, please stand. We'll get started in our singing, lifting up our voices to the Lord. Our first song is hymn number 597, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated. Hymn number 597. Leviticus 11.44 tells us, Sanctify yourselves and be holy, for I am holy, saith the Lord. Take my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. Take my moments and my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my love. challenge in that song. 
we'd do that, it would sure please the Lord. Jesus saves, hymn number 438. 1 Timothy 1.15 tells us Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners such as I and such as you. Praise the Lord. We have heard the joyful sound. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Spread the tidings all around. Jesus saves, Jesus saves. Bear the news to every land. Climb the steeps and cross the waves. Onward tis our Lord's command. Jesus saves. song is oh how i love jesus hymn number 92 first peter 1 8 tells us whom having not seen ye love amen there is a name i love to hear i love to Sweetest name on earth. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Oh, how I love Jesus. Because he first loved me. It tells me of a Savior's love who died to set me free. everyone around you and hello to everybody glad you're here and i'm glad i'm here too by the way <laughs> you may be seated <laughs> all right now we have some special music by miss cammy and uh, give us time to get her microphone adjusted there
his people and trust in the Lord with all thine heart. That's according to the word of God. Join with me in prayer as we talk to the most high God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this wonderful day you've given us. Thank you, Lord, for the good rain we had this past week and the sunshine today. Lord, we can't thank you enough for all your many blessings and daily benefits and all your many thoughts toward us. Thank you so much lord and uh, lord you you love us in spite of ourselves and we praise you for that thank you lord for that wonderful mercy and grace that you show every day we just can't praise you enough for your mercy we ask lord you'd help us now as we continue in the service uh, preaching coming up soon and uh, some more songs we just ask lord you'd help us May everything we sing and say and do here this morning bring honor and glory and to you, the only true and living God, that the, your name, which is above all names, be lifted up here today. And may it please you, Lord, as we worship you as best we can in spirit and in truth. We love you. Thank you for loving us. And we love you because you first loved us. And uh, help us, Lord, always remember that. We ask all these things in Jesus' name, and we do ask, Lord, a special touch from heaven on our Pastor Joe as he brings the message that you give him. We ask, Lord, you give him, Lord, uh, clarity of thought and speech and boldness, Holy Ghost boldness as he preaches and proclaims your word. And we'll give you all the praise, honor, and glory for all that you do for us. Always, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay. If you're able, please stand as we sing, Behold our God. Behold our God. This really, this song really, to me, really glorifies God. And, and it has so much about God in it, how great he is. 
how powerful he is, how wise he is. God is nothing on earth compares to our God. And John 1.29 says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Amen. Behold our God. Preach what God has given. Let's make him feel welcome.
Good to have JL and Joanne back, and thank you for that song, Cami, and uh, just for the, the worship lifted this morning already. Take your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians chapter number 6 this morning. Ephesians chapter number 6. We're going to be looking at a half a verse today. That doesn't mean you'll get out any sooner. <laughs> Some of you had your fingers crossed. <laughs> Ephesians chapter number 6 this morning, Ephesians chapter number 6, we're going to be looking at the first portion of verse 18, but I'm going to be very generous and read the whole verse for us, but just to show us kind of where we're at and where we're going today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 18, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come to You this time and we thank You. Lord, that we can worship You. and You sit upon the throne. Lord, You've never not ruled. You've never not reigned. You've never not been in control. You've never not been God. And we thank You for such. Help me now, Lord, to preach what You've laid upon my heart, what You've taught me, and what You are teaching me. Help each one of us, Lord, now to have our hearts opened by Your Spirit to Your Word. God, that we would receive what we need today. Lord, that our hearts and our minds would be changed from the inside out. And God, that we would glorify you in our lives. We thank you for meeting with us now. Lord, please guard my heart, my mind, and my tongue. God, that you would fill me and strengthen me and that you would speak today. In Christ's name, amen. The past couple of weeks, we've been dealing with prayer. And I believe we've all been dealing with prayer because we all need prayer. We all talk about prayer. We all have prayer lives, whether good, bad, or ugly. And we all want better prayer lives. But to be honest with you, I've been trying to preach exactly what the Lord has laid upon my heart because it's something that he's been teaching me. When you ask the Lord, teach me something, He He will teach you. And it doesn't always come in an easy way. It doesn't always come in a way in which we think it should. We often think that God should just place a, a nice billboard up somewhere on 52 for us and and uh, and it's just going to have three steps and boom. Well, we've learned all we need to know, but the Lord is ever teaching us. The first week that we dealt with prayer, we dealt with the priority of prayer, which truly the priority of prayer was seeing the life of Jesus where it calls us to submit to the will of the Father through the work of the Spirit. Last week, we dealt with the purpose of prayer. Whether it is not to gratify ourselves, but rather to glorify God. It is not to have Him change His will to be our will, but rather to change our will to be His will. It brings us in the purpose of prayer to a a place of abiding in Him as He abides in us. And as we talked about last week, we'll deal a little bit with it this week, is that there is no real spiritual fruit in our lives outside of Christ. Without Him, we can do nothing. He means that when He says that. He, he means it when He says that He is the vine and we are the branches, that we are simply to abide in, in Him. Today we're going to be looking at the power of prayer. Many of us hear a phrase such as the power of prayer and we think that that must mean some sort of Super wild, crazy, ecstatic utterance of speech, running an aisle with the hands up like you're on fire. That's not quite what we're talking about today. Rather, the, the power of prayer is something that we would say that we all want, we all desire. We often think, though, that the power of prayer must mean that because I prayed it, God must do it right then, right now. That must mean that it's a powerful prayer or that we're a people uh, who, who pray powerfully. But rather, we want us to understand the, the power of prayer does not belong to us and our flesh, but rather it is the one in whom we're praying, the one in who we pray to. It is this truth that 
However, there will never be power in our prayer for those who do not pray. Those who don't know to pray or, or actually do pray will never have prayers of power. There's no power in prayer if there is no prayer. Prayer is ultimately to bring us in every prayer, whether it be of praise or whether it be of you know, adoration or confession or thanksgiving or supplication, whatever you might be praying and how you might be praying, it is to bring us to a place of total dependency upon God. It's ultimately the root of what prayer is. It is saying God can't, I can't, God is, I'm not, I, He's worthy, I'm not, right? All of these things. But prayer even more so today as we see this, the power of prayer, are available to every believer. Every believer can pray. Every believer should pray. But every believer has access to the power of God in prayer. The issue is that we miss that, or we misunderstand that, or we think that the power of prayer must only be for the the SEAL Team 6 Christians, and there's no such thing as SEAL Team 6 Christians. The reason why we call certain individuals prayer warriors and ourselves not is because they pray and we don't. Because they understand prayer and they spend time with the Lord in prayer and they depend upon God in prayer and we don't. We pray an awful lot of prayers in the flesh and very few in the Spirit and I believe that's the reason why we miss the power of prayer in our life. Few ever experience the power of prayer. There's very few moments even in our Christian life where we experience the overwhelming sense and power of God in our life And if we would desire such, truly desire such, because the power of God is not just seen in the fact that there's no longer empty pews. The power of God is seen when there's no longer empty hearts. R.A. Torrey writes about this. He says, Prayer is the key that unlocks all the storehouses of God's infinite grace and power. All that God is and all that God has is at the disposal of prayer. We often talk of men like Torrey. Moody. Talk about men like John R. Rice or maybe someone more recent like an Adrian Rogers about the power of God over their life and ministry. And I want you to know the reason why they had power in their ministry and it seemed to be so effective and, and power in their life and power and all these things is because they knew the power of prayer. One, they knew that they must pray because they must be dependent upon God for all things, but even more so about what we're going to see today is that if we are to understand the power of prayer, it is found here in Ephesians 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication. And here's the key to the power of prayer. In the Spirit. There is no power of prayer in your flesh. There is no power of prayer in my flesh because I have no power in my flesh. My flesh is wicked and vile. My flesh is weak and frail at best. And if we are to have the power of God in our life, in our church, it will only be through the power of prayer in the Spirit of God. As we've talked about in the past few weeks, the the Holy Spirit is not reserved for the charismatics. The Holy Spirit is not reserved for those who, who, you know, get all sorts of crazy and emotional and things. I want you to know, emotions aren't necessarily a bad thing, but emotions must be controlled by the truth of God's Word, the power of the Spirit. It is a Spirit of God which should draw us. As we've just sung this morning, we've lifted our voices to God. Certainly we should have some emotion about it. 
If you've just sang any of these songs or heard these songs or even came to church today and you just don't want to be here, it's not because church is bad or the songs weren't good. It's because your heart is not right. You're in the flesh, and I don't want to ever come to church in the flesh. I don't want to preach in the flesh. I don't want to live in the flesh. And I certainly do not want to approach the throne of God in prayer in my flesh. Praying must be done in the Spirit of God. The power of prayer is only found in praying in the Spirit. As we're going to see today, praying in the Spirit enables, equips, and empowers the believer. Those are all things that we want, all things that we desire. But the issue is this, that we so desperately try to pray or to witness or to worship or to go to church or to do church work and church things in our own flesh and in our own power and by our own strength and we come woefully short and we find such struggle and such frustration. And the reason why that there seems to be no power any longer is because we're missing the, the root, and that's the power source, which is the Holy Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has always been the power of the church. The Holy Spirit has always been the, the energizer of prayer. The Holy Spirit has always been the one that equips the believer for service. It has always been the Holy Spirit as we yield to Him that allows us to be a living sacrifice to God. So today, first... Let's look at this truth that the Holy Spirit enables us in prayer. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. The only way that I will ever have prayer or prayer of supplication or be praying always, which we'll deal with another week, is in the Spirit of God. When I'm in my flesh, I don't pray. When I'm in my flesh, when I do pray, I play fleshly prayers. When I am in my flesh, and I pray a fleshly prayer, it's because it's done for self-gratification or a self-desire or a selfish motive. When our prayer, and we're missing the power of prayer, is because we're praying in our flesh, which has no power, which has no might, which has no authority, which has no, no ability to get to God, we must pray through and in the Spirit of God. And if you think that the Holy Spirit will not teach you to pray, then you don't know the Holy Spirit. If you think that it is not possible to experience power in your prayer life and to experience and to have a greater prayer life, I want you to know it will not, and you are right, it will not be found by you or by your flesh, but it will be found as we yield ourselves to the Spirit of God and as we obey what He leads us to and how He leads us. How many times we miss an opportunity to pray when the Spirit leads because we just say, well, I'll, I'll pray later, I'll remember it. No, we won't. How many times we've told somebody in church, I'll pray for you, sister. And then we don't. I want to make a challenge to you. Is that okay? Next time somebody in church, next time you go to say in church, especially in church, right? <laughs> I'll pray for you. Go ahead and stop and do it. Pray with the person. You think you'll look like a freak standing in a hallway in a church praying with somebody? You might. That's okay. Because you look like a freak to those who are in their flesh anyways. But to the Lord, is there anything sweeter than the saints of God praying together for each other and sincerely in the power of the Spirit? As we look here today, first of all, the Holy Spirit enables us to pray. It is the Holy Spirit who gives us direction. It is the Holy Spirit who is our dependence in prayer. 
The word prosuke, which is the word prayer here. I know we're kind of skipping over praying always. You want to know what that means? It means pray always. We'll deal with that another week, though. Let's get here to the root of the matter. With all prayer and supplication, the word prayer here, prosuke, is that of addressing God in communion and fellowship. It is that of adoration, worship for who He is and what He has done. Some of our prayers are not to God. Sometimes, sadly, in our flesh, we pray to the idols that we've made in our own heart. And we expect those idols to accomplish something. And we wonder why we have nothing accomplished in life. We wonder why we're powerless in our prayer. It's because many times in our flesh, we're not praying to the Lord. We're praying to our own heart to have our own heart's uh, wants and desires and fleshly desires that that be met. We want God to give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. And it's hardly ever give me what you desire, Lord. Give me what you want, Lord. It must be that our heart, and if we desire to have true power in our prayer, it must be found and that our will must be conformed to His will. We must be directed to the Lord because in our prayers and in our circumstances in life, all of them are meant. Every prayer you pray, every time you practice out the the Christian life, every time you come to church, every time you go to work, everything that you do must be directed in the right direction. And the right direction in your prayer is only to the Lord. All prayer must be to God through Christ and by the Spirit. It must never be to God through our flesh and for ourselves. It must be to the Lord. Because any prayer that is not is not praying. You can wish upon a, a shooting star. You can look at the night sky and see things. Or you can eat some bad pizza and go to sleep and have some weird dreams. But if you want to get a hold of God, it will only be found through prayer. Praying in the Spirit. Praying the right way. It's not always that we pray the right words, but there is only one way to pray, and it is to God through Christ in the Spirit. Anything outside of that is is just wishful thinking. The second thing that we find and that the Holy Spirit enables us in prayer is this great dependence upon Him. He says, praying always with all prayer. This is our communion, our fellowship, our adoration of the Lord. And then this supplication. This word, deasis. is where we get supplication from. It is a requesting, a seeking, an asking based upon a needful circumstance. We often think that supplication or that prayer and most of our prayer life looks at just this long Christmas list of what we think God should give to us. Prayer is much more than that. Prayer is fellowship, communication with the same God that we've just sung about who's upon the throne that we have a privilege to pray to. That we have a a privilege to, to talk to and to fellowship with because now we are in Christ and Christ in us. Now, though, because of that position in Christ, we have the ability to request and to seek and to ask the Lord for our needs. And I want you to know, if you think that you have a need in your life that is too small that you shouldn't ask God about, we're wrong in thinking this. Sometimes we think that we only need to ask God about the big things or pray to God about the big things. Everything, every moment in your life is an opportunity and even a need to pray. 
Some of us ought to start praying for the Lord to help us to match our clothes better or to, to get dressed better. How about praying for better attitudes? Or, or maybe even as we're getting dressed, we pray that the Lord would clothe us and would cleanse us and prepare us for our day. What if we spent throughout the day and understood that prayer is meant for just asking God for all these little wants and wishes? But the greatest want and wish of the Christian should always be not what God gives, but who God is. The root of prayer is understanding our total dependence upon God. If I could do it on my own, I would not need to pray. If I could get it on my own, I would not need to pray. <clears throat> if we could accomplish the work of growing a church, we would not need to pray. If we could accomplish the work of missions, we would not need to pray and send missionaries. If we could accomplish any of these things that we say oftentimes that we accomplished, we'd have no need of prayer. The reason why we pray is because we realize who God is and we realize who we are. We realize that He can and that we can't. We realize that it is our, the, the very will of God for us to pray to Him. Why? Because we need Him. And sadly, many of us only think that we need God when it's gotten so bad that we've done all that we can do, and then that's when we go to God. True power in prayer is understanding that I have no power on my own, and that it's the Spirit that enables me to see that I need God all the time. As it is sung, I need Thee every hour. Not once a day, not twice a day, not five times a day, not even ten times a day you need the Lord every breath, every moment, every millisecond of our existence, both physical and spiritual, belongs to God and must be through Him. If for a moment the Lord took off His hand, could you imagine what your life would be like? If the Lord for just a moment withdrew Himself completely or ceased to pour out His grace upon you or ceased to hear you or ceased to lift you up and to hold you and to keep your heart beating, where would you be and where would I be? See, if you can do it, then you don't need to pray. But without Him, as He saw, as we saw last week in John 15, verse 4 and 5, He's the vine, we're the branch. Without Him, we can do nothing. The reason why most of our churches, the reason why most pastors, and myself included at times in my ministry, and the reason why most Christians in our life experience little power in our life and experience little power in our prayer life is for this very reason. We think that we can muster it all up. Men in churches, men and women of churches and ministries have accomplished a great deal without ever doing anything for the Lord. We have done a great deal without ever actually doing anything. We've stayed so busy doing stuff that we've never done anything. Our greatest need is this, that if we go where we want power, well, it's not going to come through our own ideas, our own strength, our own might, our own programs, but it will come through a dependence upon God. And the Christian will never know the power of prayer until we are totally directed and dependent upon the Spirit. Without Him, we can do nothing. So therefore, without the power of prayer and the Spirit, we can still do nothing. We need the power of prayer in the Spirit of God. And it is in such that He enables us in prayer. He enables us to pray. Spurgeon once said, 
Prayer is an art which only the Holy Spirit can teach. He is the giver of all prayer. I would tell you, dear Christian, if you struggle with your prayer life, have you asked the Lord and began asking, teach me to pray? Remember the disciples came to Jesus one time and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Really what they were in some ways looking for is, teach us, teach us what you got. Teach us how you're praying. Because they had watched Jesus pray throughout His ministry. How did they watch Him pray? We talked about it a couple weeks ago. He got alone with God and he sought him. And he even did it hours before and he sought him throughout the day. Everything that Jesus did, he did so through a submission to the will of the Father and submitting to the work of the Spirit. And he prayed and he prayed and he prayed. And you and I, myself included in this, so much so is that we often have a need and we'll pray the once and we'll go, all right, there it is. I check mark that I prayed. Prayer is not some check mark. Prayer is the power source of your life. The power of prayer in the Holy Spirit enables our strength and stability. The reason why we have weak prayer lives and weak Christian walks and weak churches and weak preaching is because we're missing the power. The reason why we are unable to stand against the wiles of the devil, the reason why we're unable to stand in the evil day and having done all the stand is because we're missing the power. But where's the power? Are we to search for it? Is it? Did it just disappear? No, rather it's that we've looked for the power source in the wrong places. We've trusted in man. We've trusted man's ideologies. We've trusted in our own strength and our own might and our own flesh instead of getting to what he tells us in this passage already. Look in verses 10 to 13. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So where does our strength and power come from? Where does our might and strength come from? It's His. He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because if we don't have on that armor, we cannot stand. He says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I would ask us today, why do we fight spiritual battles in the flesh? Why would we not fight? Why would we not be enabled by the Spirit and submit to Him in prayer and to truly have on the armor, to truly have the power of God in the Christian warfare? Verse 13, he says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. It is because we have no power in prayer, and the reason why we don't is because we are often so self-willed and so self-filled that we are not spirit-willed and spirit-filled. We miss the power. And the power of prayer is found as the Spirit enables us to pray such. Lord, clothe me with your armor. Clothe me. Fill me with Your power and Your might. Let me be strong in You. God, I have no strength. If I have to be strong in His power and His might, that means I have no power and no might on my own. And that should drive me not to try to do better or be better, but rather to surrender my warfare to His strength, to His power, to His might. And it will only be found in prayer. The second thing, we see today is that the Holy Spirit equips us in power. He equips us for two things. First of all, He equips us for belief. It is the Spirit of God that draws and directs us to Christ. 
not just for salvation, but even in our sanctification. The reason why we stay so unsanctified, the reason why we stay and remain so selfish, so selfish, the reason why we remain with so little power in our life over sin, the reason why we stay with so little power in, in our prayer life, it's found here. We're trying to equip ourselves when we have the equipper inside of us. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts sinners and consecrates saints. He convicts, but then consecrates us to the Lord for service and for work and for warfare to do the will of God. Turn with me to John 16 for just a moment. John chapter 16, verse number 7. Jesus is telling them about the coming Spirit. This Comforter who has come. John 16, verse 7 to 15, we find here that it is the Holy Spirit who convicts sin but consecrates us to the service of God. Verse number 7 says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever ye shall hear, that shall he speak and He will show you things to come. He shall glorify Me, for He shall receive of Mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are Mine. Therefore said I that He shall take of Mine and shall show it unto you. The Holy Spirit is always equipping the saints. He is always equipping us to do the spiritual warfare. He is always equipping us to strengthen our faith. Sometimes a dangerous prayer at times, but a, a perhaps a great one that we need is for the Lord to strengthen our faith, but it often comes through great trials. But it comes through the Holy Spirit teaching us to depend upon Him and as He directs us to Christ. He's always equipping us and equipping our faith to believe God and to then be conformed and consecrated to His will in our lives. But the second thing that the Spirit does is that He not only equips us to believe God, but He equips us for the battle. Look at Ephesians 6, verse 14 to 17. He says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. See, without the power of prayer, we've just got clanging armor that we put upon ourselves. Here's where we have to understand. The power of the armor is in the power of prayer in the Spirit. Prayer, praying in the Spirit, gives life and energy and victory to the soldier. I remember this young man, still I'm a young man. I remember eighth grade, ninth grade. I had surrendered to the call to, to preach, uh, to ministry. I had no idea what that would look like. 
I certainly knew it would not look like me standing before people, talking to people, or wearing a necktie. God's funny that way. Nevertheless, we were in a men's Bible study, and I remember clearly telling, as we're going around and, you know, share time or whatever, I don't know, and I say, you know, I, I can't do this. I have my whole life ahead, and I, I can't do this. I, I know me. I don't like people, let alone standing in front of people, sorry. I don't like dress clothes, and I, I don't like these things. I don't know enough. I, I can't do this, and I remember Pastor Paul looked and he said, God doesn't call the equipped, He equips the called. But I want you to know that this is not just for pastors and missionaries. You are called by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to live for Him and to be salt and light in this world, to be a living sacrifice for Him. Do you not think that the same Holy Spirit who drew you to Christ at the moment of salvation will not also draw you to Christ in your sanctification and in your prayer life? Do you not think that the Holy Spirit will equip you for the battle at hand? The issue is that the spiritual battle, one, we either ignore the spiritual battle, or two, we try to put on our own armor, or three, we don't even put on all the armor, and we're just going out there with half a helmet, a beaten up shield, and we've got a, a little pocket knife that we found, and we maybe got a rock we picked up, and we think, I'm going to do something now. Having done all the stand, stand there for, having all this armor on, but what do we often talk about? See, we have the sword of the Spirit. We have praying in the Spirit. And those are inseparable. While verse 18 begins a new sentence, it is inseparable to the armor of God because without prayer, you will lose every battle you fight in your flesh. Without praying in the Spirit, you will never win in this life. You will never know what it means to find victory. Victory has been accomplished and God has given us the great gift of victory through having the, the Spirit of God indwell us. That greater is He that is in me and He is in the world. The sword and the Spirit go together. Why? Because the Bible and prayer go together. It doesn't take long in your Christian walk for you to know that you need to pray and that you need to read your Bible. You want to know why? Because you must depend upon God for everything in prayer and you don't know nothing. That's why He gave you the Bible. He has revealed not just some do's and some don'ts, but He has revealed Himself to us so that we might know Him. And the more that I know Him, the more that I might be able to make Him known, but the more I know Him, the more I will love Him and obey Him and find victory in Him. The more that I know Him, the more I will see that I depend upon Him for everything and I must pray. And the Holy Spirit equips us to do so. Truthfully, this is a process every day that the Holy Spirit teaches us to pray. Draws us to prayer. Shows us our need to pray. But the issue is, will we or won't we? Do we or don't we? We know that we must pray. We know we must read. And we know that the two must go together. And yet so many times we'll read our Bible in our flesh and go, well, I checked that off the list. I got nothing out of it. But I read my Bible and I prayed, Lord, bless this food, bless our missionaries, and help me to, to get out of church on time. Amen, right? <laughs> and boom, we're, we're gone. I prayed, I read my Bible, and we wonder why there's no more power than, than that. Well, it's because... We're not obeying the Spirit as He equips us to pray. We're depending upon ourselves to do it. We don't fight spiritual battles 
in the Spirit, we will lose. When we lose, we have this happen to us. We remain then discouraged in our belief. How many believers today are so discouraged in their faith? We remain discouraged in our belief. We remain defeated in our battles. And it's because we do not use and surrender to the power in prayer. The men that I talked about earlier on at the beginning of this message, talking about different, you know, so-and-so, pastor so-and-so, or preacher so-and-so, or evangelist so-and-so, and all these different so-and-sos who God has used throughout the years, you know what they were known for the most beyond preaching in their ministries or orphanages? They were known men, dependent, empowered, of prayer. And it was not that they always prayed the longest or with the most eloquent of words, It is that they knew that the secret to prayer and the power of prayer is found in the Spirit of God. We have no power in our prayer when we are not praying in the Spirit. There's a song that we sing often, Stand up, stand up for Jesus. Stand in His strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. Ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer, where duty calls or dangers be never wanting there. The reason why you and I are often so left wanting in our prayer life is because we don't pray with power. You say, well, I don't have none. Perfect, you're off to a good start. It's found in Him. The third, the Holy Spirit empowers us in prayer. He enables us. He equips us. He empowers us. He gives life and energy to the prayer, if you will. The prayer life and practical life of the believer is an outflow of the power of the Spirit within us. Nothing in the Christian life, not even your prayer life, should be done outside of surrender to the Holy Spirit. We often think, though, that If I do X and Y, that I will get Z. If I do A and B, that I will get C. The issue is that we try to do A and B and X and Y in our flesh, and we wonder why we don't have C and Z. We need the Spirit of God. In our prayer and in our practice, we'll only be found by praying in the Spirit. It is not our life. Rather, it is His life now within us. It is not us trying to live the Christian life, but it is rather this, that the outward Christian life is to be a demonstration or an outflow of the inward Christ life within us. At the Holy Spirit of God, we are now just tools and vessels. As we surrender to Him, we are actively surrendering to Him. We are actively Uh, yielding to the Spirit. And in so doing, we become soldiers for Christ who are able to be used on the battlefield of faith. All of life and all of prayer must be by and through and in the Spirit of God. Look at this. If we desire power in prayer and our practical life, it will only be found through this active surrender in the Holy Spirit of prayer. Look at verse 8, excuse me, Romans 8, Romans chapter 8. Turn with me there for a moment. Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read a little length of Scripture, and, and, and that's okay. Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 17, and then we'll look at a couple other verses on down the line. 
The Apostle Paul has just said in chapter 7, everything that I know to do, I struggle doing it. Right? If the things that I know I should do, I have a hard time doing it. And if the things that I shouldn't do, I have a hard time, right? It's a hard time saying yes, a hard time saying no, all these things. But then here's what we get to. Verse number 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, or at, but after the Spirit. To those who are in Christ Jesus. This is our position, but this is also our practical walk. The, the position of being in Christ is not separated from the practical walk of being in Christ. It is together. If you want the practical, we'll get to the position of being in Him. And that will work itself out. As He said in John 15 to His disciples, Abide in Me and there will be fruit. He says in verse 2, For the law of the Spirit and of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. The reason why you and I don't have the power to please God is because we so often try to please God in our flesh and we just can't do it. If I could please God in my flesh, I would have done it. If I could please God in my flesh, Jesus would not have to come and die for me, but I could not, cannot, and will not be able to in my flesh. But look, in the Spirit, he says, but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Who does He dwell in? Every single born-again believer. If you are saved today, you will know it. If you are saved today, the Holy Spirit, and the same Holy Spirit, by the way, that Peter and Paul had, you have. The issue is that we think we just Holy Spirit's just there to slap me on the wrist when I feel bad because I think a bad thought and and he's there to, you know, uh, maybe uh, get, get me to, to do some better things, or, or that's much more than this. Your life is no longer in the flesh and by the flesh and through the flesh, but in, by, and through the Spirit of God that is in you. He says, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, listen to that, isn't that good? I'll read it again, and, and then hopefully you'll you get this. That it is good. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if ye lived after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of your body, ye shall live. Why must we mortify the deeds of our body through the Spirit? Because we can't do it by our flesh. The flesh don't want to kill the flesh. The flesh wants to live for the flesh. He says, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's who you are now. By the Spirit of God in you. 
For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself, capital, capital, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with Him, that we may be also glorified together. Now go on down a few verses. We learn some more about how the Holy Spirit empowers us in prayer. Verse 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, which are many. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. There's many times that we have no idea what to pray, how to pray, why to pray. We just know we have to pray. And where's the power found? Through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. He says, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, capital, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So the power of prayer goes back to what we've been talking about for a couple of weeks, that it is to draw us to the will of God, to be in the will of God, to do the will of God. And it's found in the Spirit of God within us. He empowers our prayer and empowers us to pray by His insight to us and His intercession for us. The Holy Spirit will teach you what you must pray, how you must pray. And when you can't or when you don't, He even still yet prays an intercession for you. Warren Wearsby writes about this. He says, In the Old Testament tabernacle, there was a small golden altar standing before the veil. And here the priest burned the incense. You can see that in Exodus 30 and Luke chapter 1. The incense is a picture of prayer. It had to be mixed according to God's plan and could not be counterfeited by man. The fire on the altar is a picture of the Holy Spirit for it is He who takes our prayers and ignites them in the will of God. It is possible to pray fervently in the flesh and never get through to God. It is also possible to pray quietly in the Spirit and see God's hands do great things. So where's the power of our prayer? Not in my hands. Not in my strength, but in the Spirit of God. Acts chapter 1 tells us this. Verse 8, Jesus, the last thing He tells them to His disciples is He's about to ascend. He says, but ye shall receive power. Future, it's coming, and it's a sure thing you will. When? He says, after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So when did the apostles receive their power when did the church receive its power when did your prayer life receive its power the moment the holy spirit has come upon you and by the way dear saint of god you are not looking in you are not in need of a of a second spirit baptism or this uh different types of anointings and things in the spirit what you need is what you already have the spirit of god who is in you he is given to you as a gift the very moment that you bowed your knee to Christ. And He is there to continue to help you bow your knee to Christ. As we look here, 
And we bring this all to a close that without the Holy Spirit, we are powerless in our prayer life. We're powerless in our evangelism. We're powerless in our giving. We're powerless in our relationships as a husband or a wife. We're powerless in our parenting. We're powerless in our programs that we have in this church. Without power of prayer. Where's the power of prayer? As the Holy Spirit enables us and equips us and empowers us not just to pray, but as we pray. So if you want some power in prayer and you want to have a better prayer life, the easiest way is to begin by praying. And if you want to start and go a little bit further, ask the Lord to help you and to teach you to pray. Listen. I believe it was John Bunyan who said that it is better to pray with all heart and few words than many words and no heart. God, understand it is not about how long you pray. It is not about these big words that you might pray, right? It's about you pray in the Spirit to God through Christ in the Spirit. As we wrap this up, I ask you a couple questions today. First, do you have power in your prayer life? Or are you still, after all of this, thinking that it's only reserved for a certain few folks inside of a church? The power is available. Prayer is available. Through the blood of Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit. And let me ask you this then further. Are you living a life of power in prayer? If not, let me help you out. It's your fault. It's my fault. It is available to us in the riches and the grace and mercy of Christ and through that beautiful gift of the Holy Spirit inside of us. If you want power, it's there. Not in your flesh, but through the Spirit. Let me ask you, have you been praying in the flesh? Or have you been praying in the Spirit? And you'll know right now the difference. You can go a day and spend an hour praying in the flesh and get nothing. But to pray a minute in the Spirit and you will know the difference. May the Lord give us the power of prayer in our own lives and in the life of His church here. May He teach us. May we listen and obey as He teaches us so that we might pray in the power of the Holy Spirit of God. Let's all stand this morning. Today, perhaps you have plenty of power in your prayer life. Praise God. Why don't you come and pray for the rest of us? Why don't you come and pray for your church that we would experience the power of God through praying in the Spirit? that we would know Him, that He would teach us, that we would be obedient to Him. If you have a need today, if you need Christ today, if you need help today, if you need power today, this altar is open. May God give us the power of prayer in the Spirit.
Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time that we could gather, we could sing your praises, we could glorify you. God, that we could fellowship together. Pray, Lord, that you help each one of us in our prayer walk, in our life with you. Lord, to pray in the Spirit that we might have power in our prayer. We might have power in this place. We love you. We thank you for this time. Go with us now. Use us. In Jesus' name, amen. After this song, hymn number 222, Lord, we praise you. 2 Corinthians 1.3 tells us, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we praise you. We sing the first three verses. done. 